Our scriptures are found in the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and we shall read a part of the statement of faith. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Statement of faith, creation and fall. We believe God created all things, visible and invisible, out of nothing and all very good. He sovereignly sustains and governs creation for his glory and the benefit of his creatures. God created humans in his image, male and female, to know, love, and glorify him in covenant relationship and to serve as stewards of the earth. The first man, Adam, sinned against God, resulting in alternation, death, guilt, shame, and a curse upon the earth. Separated from God and subject to his judgment, all humans have inherited a sinful nature from which they cannot save themselves. That is the word of the Lord. You may take your seats. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be back here in our worship gathering here at the Tortigas. We have been, uh, I have been away for quite some time, but uh, I'm glad to be back. We had, we just had our World uh, Go Conference, World Conference at South, in, in South Africa, in Cape Town, and we had uh, 5,000 people from all over the globe uh, who have come and joined celebrating uh, what, uh, what the Lord had called us to do, which is go, to go to the nations. And it's just uh, amazing to see um, some of the uh, uh, brothers and sisters from, from Asia, Europe, the U.S., and, and other parts of the world as, um, just, just thanking God for His goodness. We've been doing this every three years. Um, um, we are doing this as a movement. Every three years, we would gather together people from all over the globe celebrating God's goodness as far as our movement is, uh, 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 movement is concerned. And, uh, um, and next year, we're inviting everybody, uh, not next year, uh, three years from now, 2026, we're going to have a world conference. So uh, we are inviting everybody. I'm sure you'll all be able to come. No need for visas because it's going to be near SM. Global uh, Molovasia. It's going to be so near. So it will take you hours, though, uh, from your house to go there. Uh, Hong Kong is nearer, uh, if you come to think about it. Uh, but uh, 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 it's going to be exciting. 2026, uh, they're all, uh, when we announce that it's going to be in the Philippines, everybody's rejoicing and exciting. So I'd like us to be ready for that. We're going to be hosting. Uh, the World Conference in 2026, we need all the volunteers. Some of you, you, have, you might have extra rooms in your places. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, get ourselves organized and be the best host ever uh, in, in our entire history of doing World Conference. I got the chance to visit, uh, once again, our, our, our churches and some of the churches in South Africa. I visited our church in, in Pretoria. And in Parle, right after the service, on my way back here, I visited Pastor Ray Corpus in Abu Dhabi. If you remember, Pastor Ray Corpus is doing a fantastic job. He asked me to meet up with his preachers. Uh, you know, he had preachers in his church. He has only one church, maybe, uh, maybe two or three, maybe four worship services. And I found out he has 26 preachers. 
who would be preaching on a weekend uh, in their services, depending on who's assigned. I don't know. I don't know why he has all those preachers. He just loved to equip people. And then the, ne uh, the next day, we had uh, some trainings as far as ministry. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. Um, uh, Pastor Alvin, thank you for doing a fantastic job uh, leading our congregation with Pastor Noel. Um, uh, Landicho is our senior pastor. Um, we miss Pastor Rico. He didn't make it in the World Conference. Um, he wasn't able to get a visa, but uh, I'm glad to be back to share with us uh, our series at this time, What Shapes Us? What Shapes Us? You know, way back in 2007, there was a famous book, almost the same, almost at, uh, the same, in the same level with the book of Rick Warren, um, Purpose Driven Life. Uh, Dan, Dan Brown's book, you remember that book? Da Vinci Code, the way back 2007. And it was, became so famous, they made a movie out of it. And, and I'm, not, I'm not into this kind of movies, but I heard some reports that some believers would watch the movie and then come out with a different kind of faith. They would question their faith. I, as a pastor, got angry about that, that people can just watch a movie and change their faith. You know what I did? I watched the movie. <laughs> I went in there to find out what's going on. So I went, watched the movie. Boy, I, I didn't even finish the movie. I walked out. Why would people spend money to watch this movie? Now, some of you, after saying that, you're going to check your Netflix tonight. <laughs> but, uh, but I walked out. I said, no wonder why this is crazy. This is not based in, in history. These are all based in, specul in speculations. And so I got, you know, I got pissed off. I, I talked to the, some of the pastors and I said, you know what? This is all over the place. They made even a movie out of it. Let's make a, a, a sermon series that would teach people to have a strong foundation in their faith that no amount of Hollywood movies can stop them in believing in Christ. So we did the, uh, the Creed. That's a series we did. We visited uh, uh, the Creed. We went through all the uh, Creed that had been uh, 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 summarized by the fathers of the faith way back in, in the early days of church history. The Nicene Creed, the Chalcedon Creed, the, uh, you know, the Apostles' Creed. And we visited and went through and prepared a series in 2007. Almost 10 years later, we decided to do it again. So we had another series, the Apostles' Creed. Well, it's not yet 10 years after that. We thought maybe we can go ahead and do another series. And we, entit and we, we entitled it, the, What Shapes Us? These are, are the belief system that I would like us to be aware of as Christians. Uh, this has been passed down all throughout generation. But since we have been starting a, our own uh, seminary, Every Nation Seminary, we decided let's make sure that our statement of faith is intact. And we visited it and we decided maybe we can even uh, 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 visit uh, this uh, statement of faith and go through it through a through a sermon series, so we're going to be, uh, we've done it, we started it last week, Pastor Alvin did a fantastic job last week, and we're going to go through that for the next four, four weeks, is that it? Four, four weeks, and then we'll do another uh, part of this uh, statement of faith next year, 
All right? Even though we are uh, going through a theme of miracles this year, we're going to take a pause and visit these statements of faith that is very vital in our spiritual growth so that when we hear other kind of speculative doctrines out there, uh, we won't easily get swayed because our foundations, our foundation is strong and we won't just get moved easily. Just like, uh, just like uh, what Pastor Adrian shared with us about Job when he had this situation in his family, he started questioning God, almost like questioning God about it, but the Lord has, had presented himself to him and showed him who really did all of these uh, things that you get to see. Coming over here, uh, I get to, uh, I had two uh, major, uh, major uh, chat on my way while driving. A uh, person's house got burned, um, and, uh, but the family is safe, so it's, so it's okay. Before coming up here, before I preach, uh, uh, you know, uh, his son, one of his sons got a concussion, and so I was, I was I was, I was, you know, these are the realities in life that we get to face. But what would make us strong in the midst of all the pressures, in the midst of all the trials and the pains and the sufferings we, we go through in this life? What would make us sturdy and strong in spite of all this? And this is very important. And part of, it, part of this is understanding who God is. Today, we're going to talk about creation and fall, starting from Genesis. A proper understanding of creation uh, and, and, and man's uh, uh, falling out of that relationship with God is vital for us to understand so we can appreciate what God has in store for us. So there are some statements, and I'd like to go through that. The first one has something to do with here in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God. In the beginning, God. Uh, you know, the, the, the critics were not even given a chance to argue. It was a download statement. In the beginning, God. And by saying this, I want us to know that in the beginning, there must be something out there that started all of this. The things that we see today, Things that you see, including the person next to you, came about because there's somebody who started it way back in the beginning. A lot of people will come and say, uh, they would say, well, these things all just came about because of, you know, just out of nowhere, out of nothingness came something. Some people says, out of this nothing came something. Now that is absurd. You can't get something out of nothing, all right? That is, uh, if, you, if you agree that there, there can be something out of nothing, then that is mental uh, suicide. It is, it is not logical, it's not reasonable, and, and, and it cannot happen. A lot of experts would try to explain themselves, and we would say, look, there is a transcendent God who is far beyond and above the universe. Carl Sagan would say, not really. It's not, he's, there's no not, uh, far or beyond, above or beyond the universe. It's actually within the universe. What is that? 
This is not a matter of geography. This is a matter of being. There is a supreme being who started all of this. Some, 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 some scientists would say, oh, it is because of self-creation. It cannot be as well. <laughs> There's, there cannot be self-creation because that is, that is going against the principle of non-contradiction. You know, you, if you are self-creative person, you've created your, your, uh, something happened in the universe. There was a self-created being who did it. Then it, uh, that person must have not been existing before and yet existing at the same time. Now that's, that's absurd. You cannot be existing and not existing at the same time. It, 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 that's absurd. There must be something that has been inexistent before all of these things happen. And that explains, in the beginning, God. That's why there's a, there's a supreme being. We are human beings. But there's a supreme being. When we say supreme, we're talking about a powerful God a transcendent God, God that is, that, that, uh, that is not self-created, or God that is not a product of creation, but supreme being who is beyond creation. And we're talking about Elohim, God himself. In the beginning, God. That, this, this statement is trying to refute Atheism on the spot. In the beginning, God. Atheism says there's no God, but the scripture says in the beginning, we have our God. Are you here? Not only that in the beginning, God is refuting atheism, it is also refuting polytheism. Polytheism means multiple gods. The scripture did not say in the beginning, gods. Are you here? It's refuting polytheism, not only refuting polytheism, but it's also refuting pantheism. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens and the earth are not gods. They're part of creation. Are you here? And so really, uh, even, even, even this statement is refuting materialism. Materialism is not above all things. Because God created all of this. Are we here today? Yeah. And so that statement alone, you know, I think this is the most famous verse in the entire Bible. In the beginning, God. Some people, how many know, you start the year reading Genesis chapter 1. And then when you start reaching, you know, so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and so-and-so begot, so-and-so, you start getting sleepy. <laughs> and then you fall asleep. You realize it's already December and you... You decided you skip the rest of the Bible, the book of the Bible, go straight to Revelation in December. <laughs> Are you here with me? At least Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is always being read. Are you here, Are you here with me? And so, and, and so we are reminded of our origin. We're reminded of creation right on the spot because God in the beginning was presented before us on the spot. He was presented. Not only that he was presented. I hope this is not going above uh, our heads today. I'm just uh, 
Uh, I'm just trying to uh, uh, make sense of, of this uh, passage of Scripture, especially when you start going to the universities. How many students do we have here today? Raise your hands. Many, many students here. I, I, I see some students. They are so on fire. They're growing in the Lord. Then they enrolled in the university. First year, first semester. They're starting to question their faith. They just met a professor, and now they cannot, they cannot even think anymore. They just absorb everything they're hearing. There's no fight in them. Are you here? I mean, students, come on now. You got to have some fight in you. There should be that word burning in your heart, at least that verse. In the beginning, God created Create, you know, creation, a person creating, do you know what, that, do you know that we cannot create? Human beings cannot create. Only God can create. Why? Because he can make something out of nothing. There's nothing there and made something out of it, that must be God. We, we can't create. We can only uh, uh, magnify and use these resources and the nature God has given us, and for example, a tree. God created a tree. But how many know human beings can use a tree for a million, for mo million different ways? One of them is toothpick. <laughs> right? You can make a furniture out of the tree. You can make medicine out of the leaves and the bark. You can make a cork of champagne out of the bark. Are you here with me? And human beings can, can, can be creative on that side. In order for human beings to be a blessing. And then when human beings started doing all of this, then human beings could create culture. And I want you to know, culture ought to be magnifying the glory of God. Are we here? If you are a painter... Your, 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 your masterpieces would point to the glory of God. Why? Because you were able to maximize what the Lord had created. Are we here? And so, and so the same with our careers. Uh, Dr. Roger, as a doctor, here you are. You're able to use your skill to save mankind. Literally save mankind from sickness. Save and help people. For them to recover. That is a form of glorifying your God and your maker. Are we here today? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And, and the word God, uh, create. In the beginning, God create. He's talking about his, his, him being powerful. He was not just presented as God who can refute all of this, but God who is our God, who is, who is able to create, create. Uh, the root word of that is bara, which has something to do uh, uh, with only with God. It's, it's always connected. It was mentioned 50 times in the Bible. And it's mostly connected with God, uh, not to a human being. Create, the word create, bara. And it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing picture. So it shows when God create, created the heavens and the earth, it shows His power. 
Do you know that, the, that if you measure the speed of light, it, it is actually around 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light. 186,000 miles per sec. One mile is 1.6 kilometers. I know that because I'm a runner, right? So I run 100 miles. That's 160 kilometers. I did it twice. So I knew miles to, to kilometers. Now 186,000 miles per second is the speed of light. Should you have a jet as fast as the speed of light, you'll be in the moon in two seconds. In two seconds, you'll be in the moon already. Isn't that fantastic? Who would want to invent that uh, spaceship? You know, you want to invent that spaceship and go to the moon in two seconds. You just blink and you're already there. Twice, blink twice, and you're already in the moon. Isn't that powerful? It's not only that. It will take you four years using a jet as, as fast as the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, in four years to go to the nearest star. Not the Arsan, but the nearest star, Centauri, I think. And you reach that in four years. Ganun po kalawak ang expanse ng space ng sky natin. Ganun kalayo. It will take you four years. You want to go to the edge of the known universe? Let's just say this is the known universe. You want to go to the edge of the known universe? It will take you 10 billion years using a spaceship that is as fast as the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. God has made all of this. Come on, let's give a lot of praise. He is powerful. When the Bible says in the beginning, God created, that's mind blowing. Because this God can make something out of nothing. No scientist can, can explain how can something come out of nothing. It is, you know, it, it is not logical, but it can happen because there is God who is powerful. Amen. He's not just only presented. We learned about this God last week in our sermon, just in case you missed it. Uh, follow up on that uh, podcast or on YouTube and listen to Pastor Alvin. But today we're going to talk about this creation and that in this creation we'll see God being presented as God. And he's presented as powerful, but I want you to know that he's also presented as personal. He's presented as personal. The word in the beginning, God, or the scripture that says, we'll look at that right now in this passage, uh, being God being personal in, in verse 26. Let's look at that verse right now, verse 26. And it says this. It says, and God said... Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. I just want to make sure. 
the author identified right on the spot the gender. Not a hundred different types of gender, just two, right here. Are you here? The, the, the Bible is so clear. Two genders. He created them, male and female. But one, what I like about this is the word God, and God said, so God created. The word God means Elohim. El speaks of his might. He's a God of might. Elohim, it is a name of a God who can, who made, who would swear or fulfill his promise of his covenant. It's a covenant name, covenantal name of God. In other words, he's not just all power, but also he's a covenant keeping God. He keeps his word. When he says something, he fulfills it. So you can imagine power and he is a covenant keeping God. He fulfills his word. What a combination of the goodness of God. And yet at the same time, it explains his might, his power, even though he's good and relational at the same time. Are we here today? When he, when he made, when he tries to uh, make trees, he talked to the earth. Let there be, let there be uh, plants. When he wanted to have fish, he talked to the sea and says, let there be swarms of, of fish. But when he decided to make man, he talked to himself. Let us make man in our image. Are you here? Our natural environment is God. If trees natural environment is the earth, and fish natural environment is the sea, our natural environment is God himself. Isn't that fantastic? Can we just give a Lord a hand for that? He is a relational God. He is not just presented and powerful to us, but is personal to us. He's not that movie we get to watch, The Force, Star Wars, you know, who I, I'm The Force, The Force be with you. It's like so impersonal. That is not the God that we serve. God is not the force. He is my God, my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll talk more about the Lord Jesus Christ next, next week. But the point is, he's personal. He was presented before us in the scripture. He, was, he is powerful. He creates things. He created me. And also he's personal. He's the God who is always able uh, to, uh, to uh, who is, is, is God in whom nothing is impossible, and yet who always keeps his word. He's a relational God, and that's, that's fantastic. But, I, I, what, but something I'd like you to see as well as far as creation is our part in it, our part in it, participation. Going, going to this passage in the later part of 26, and it says, Let them have dominion over. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 29, look at this passage. And God says, Behold, I have given you what? Every yielding seed. Every plant yielding seed. Seed, plant yielding yung seed na binigay sa atin. 
So, binigyan ka ni Lord ng investment. Well, hindi pa uso pera nun. Seed ang uso. Okay, binigyan ka ni Lord ng seed. It's a plant-yielding seed so that anong, anong purpose ng seed na binigay sa'yo? Ipa-plant mo. In other words, you have to work. Hindi pwedeng natutulog ka pong maghapon yung seed nasa bulsa mo lang. Kailangan magtrabaho ka, anak. Kung gusto mong ah, maging successful sa buhay, gumising ka at magtrabaho. Dahil kinreate tayo ni Lord. In other words, si Lord nagbigay ng seed sa'yo. If you're here, it, the Lord has given you plant yielding, yielding seed. That means you have to wake up in the morning and be a farmer and plant. It's a combination of God giving and you working together, participate in advancing God's kingdom and His agenda on this earth. What a privilege to be part of what God is doing in, on the earth. Amen? And as you do your part, as you maximize your gifts, as you maximize your skill and your training for the benefit and for the, uh, for the wellness and for the benefit of mankind, you are participating with God's agenda here on earth. Amen? Amen. All of us, we have a part to play. And I counted the privilege that God had called us, not horses, not elephants. I went to South Africa in Pretoria and we had a, a safari. You know what safari, right? You ride a, a truck with all the tourists and then you go to in the middle of the forest and you're going to watch and the tourist guide would point their top five animals in Africa that you have to see in order for you to appreciate a safari. What are those top five? Elephant, lions, what else? Buffalo, rhino, and leopard. And then we, one day, last year when we went there, Pastor Jed and I went to South Africa last year, we went to a safari and we saw none of the five. <laughs> we only saw this little pigeon. I don't know what kind of bird they are, you know. And then the tourist guide, was, they, 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 he was telling us, you can't even eat those kind of fowls. Buti pa yung chicken, no? Ito parang chicken, pero hindi mo daw makain kasi sobrang tigas, parang bato yung, 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 yung ano niya. So hindi makain ng tao. Sabi ko, what is this? We went to a safari and we found none of the five. But this time when we went there, guess what? We saw four out of five. And leopard can only be seen mostly at night. So we gotta go home. So we miss a leopard. But could you imagine God did not call the top five to participate in advancing his kingdom? He called you and I and have us a handshake and says, let's partner together. Let's make this world a better place. Could you imagine God shaking hands with us and saying, let's make this world a better place? Amazing. Not only this world, I know of a guy who would want to extend it to Mars. <laughs> he says, how are you going to make Mars, you know, livable? No problem. I'm just going to use a nuclear bomb and, you know, every, every minute use a nuclear bomb and create a whatever it may be. So you follow that, you can watch YouTube and, and, and follow that crazy guy. 
But my point is this. God creates nature. Humans make culture. He creates all of this, but we make culture. And we better make sure that this culture reflects the glory of God. This culture magnifies the goodness of God. That's why part of our discipleship is to engage culture and community. We want to promote wellness. We want to promote the goodness of God in every aspect of society. We can't declare a certain side dark, so therefore we get out of it. And therefore don't participate in it because it is so dark. God created everything. God created even angels. Some of them have fallen, obviously, and became demons. But they were creatures, creatures. They weren't the creators. They were creatures. They were created. How many know God created politics? Now, God is in charge of even politics. God is in charge of the universe. So Christians should not say, politics is dirty, I'm away from it. Really. We're relegating these parts of the world to the enemy rather than take dominion over it. Are we here today? Amazing. Amazing. I, anyways, I, I don't want to be bragging on, our, on, our, on, on Vico again this morning, but I've been bragging about him and I go abroad. But uh, that's the creation. At least we get to have a picture in these few uh, minutes that we have together, a bit a glimpse of what creation is all about. That in creation, God was presented and He made something out of nothing because He is powerful. And not only that He was powerful, but He's not impersonal. He is personal. He made us in accordance to His image and likeness. That's why we value life. We value human beings. We don't care who they are. We don't care if they're black or white or brown. When I was in the World Conference, there was a call for campus ministry. And uh, the, 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 first, the first, second night. And a lot of young people came forward. They wanted to be a campus minister. And I only get to see whites and blacks. I was looking around. I was, I was in front. I was looking. Where are the browns? I couldn't see, but I spat one guy. I spotted one guy who came forward. I know he's a Filipino because of his nose. <laughs> so I approached him right after. <laughs> I approached him. Uh, the next day, I was looking for him. And I, and I said, I saw you last night. You came forward. You're mine. No. I said, we're going to talk. We're going to travel together. We're going to talk. We're going to be seeing each other. And says, thank you, Pastor. We'll see each other again. Uh, but, but it's not about, you know, that's why there's respect for life. No matter what color of skin you have, we respect life. We don't, we don't, we don't murder because, uh, you know, like, uh, God created man in his image. We are bearers of God's image. That's why murder is, is sin. Not only that it is sin, not only murder, but even suicide is sin. 
Why? Because you're taking the life that is not yours. The life that you have is God's. We're just stewards of it. Should you decide to take that life, that's murder. You may call it suicide, but that's murder. You are putting a stop to the life, to the uh, bear, uh, to you know, killing someone who is made in the image of God. And, and out of this creation that he did, he did it. And out from that came not just the natural loss, but even the norms. Why do we have adultery? Because God invented marriage. Why is there such a thing as stealing? Stealing. Robbery. Robbing. Why is there such a thing as stealing? Because God imposed ownership. Are you here? Uh, you know, why, why is there murder? Because God made man in his image. So these evil things is, is actually the opposite of what God had, had, had made. The goodness of God is a reflection of God's goodness. And the enemy would try to violate that. That's why we call that. Now we're approaching the second part of this, of this presentation, of this, uh, of this sermon. Not just creation, but fall. We'll talk about fall at this, at, this, at this juncture. And what do we mean by fall? We're talking about the sin. We're talking about in chapter 3 of Genesis. And this is what it says. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? Say, where are you? And, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Now, this is supposed to be a relationship between God and man. Obviously, he's been hearing a different voice. All along, this man could only hear God's voice. They would walk in the garden together. But one day, when he said, I was naked, so I hid myself. God says, who told you? Have you been hearing another voice? Besides me? Are you here? Do you know that that question is still echoing in the lobby of our lives today? Where are you? Where are you? We've been running away from God. And God, can you hear Him calling you? Where are you? Where have you been? And then... Adam, and Adam responded and says, I hid myself. I was naked. Are you here? Some people are saying that uh, uh, Adam and Eve took an apple and ate it. Well, as he, he clothed himself with, with, with himself, themselves, with fig leaves. So they might have eaten fig fruit. Does that make sense? Now, I don't want to debate with you if it's an apple or fig. Uh, it was only uh, John Milton who, who magnified apple in, in, in the 15th century, okay? So, uh, but my point is, there was, there was, a, a, there was a, a command God gave mankind, and that is, do not eat of the fruit of that tree. Just very simple, do not eat it. Enjoy all of this. But do not eat it, the fruit of this tree. And uh, 
Adam, uh, Eve went in there, kind of negotiated with the snake. And the devil was inside of that snake. And they started talking. And, and I want you to know that the devil was questioning God's word. God's Did God really say? Did God really say? Do not touch. <laughs> and now he's twisting God's word now. Now Eve kind of, you know, wanting, you know, wanting, he doesn't want you to be God. So he been wanting to have that kind of desire to be like God or, or this pride in her. And so, and so she ate and gave some to her husband. They both knew God's word. Adam knew God's command. Was Adam able to disciple his wife and told her, oh, by the way, before you were, you know, it used to be my rib, now you become a woman. By the way, just before I forget, I'm your tourist guide. And part of my job is to explain to you what God told me. Do not eat of the fruit of that tree. Is that good, honey? I don't know how they talk, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, I mean, they're husband and wife, so maybe they talk that way. Yes, lovey-dovey, I heard you, baby. I don't know if they talk that way, right? And then, and then, I'm sure Adam told his wife about the Word of God, discipled his wife about the Word of God, and yet he took it. Now, in, in some camp, they, they blame women for the sin. But I would say blame Adam for knowing God's word and he participated in partaking of that fruit anyway. It is his leadership that is in question. But obviously something happened. They committed that, what we call original sin. Now original sin though is not just the first sin that Adam and Eve committed but original sin is the result of that original sin. Did you, does that make sense? The original sin that Adam and Eve committed is not just that sin per se, but it is now in the heart of every baby born on this earth. The original sin. Or what we call basically the fallen condition of man. We see that, in, 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 we see that in, in, in Psalm 51 verse 5. It says, Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So it has become the effect of that sin resulted into every mankind born on this earth has this in their heart. To show you that not only we have that fallen condition, but we have what we call human depravity. Human depravity. Some humanists would say that sin is just in the periphery of man's existence. No, it's not in the periphery, but sin is at the core of man's heart. It's in the middle of it. We are rotten to the core, not rotten on the edges. That is man's condition. Because of the original sin had become a fallen condition. And so therefore, there's human depravity and that is our condition. Romans chapter, uh, chapter uh, 3.10, it is written, None is righteous, not even one. 
No, not one. Romans 3.11. No one understands. No one seeks God. Verse 12. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. When that baby was born, I understand that that baby was the cutest of them all. But that baby was born with sinful uh, with sin, original sin, that condition in, in, in her or his heart. And, and that is because of the effect of the fallenness of man because of Adam and Eve. And, and, and what is that? What is that sin? Why do we call it sin? S-I-N? Um, the reason why it is sin is because they define sin as missing the mark. Missing the mark. It's like it's like uh, doing a dart, you know, a dart game, you know that? You play the dart with no beer on the table, just dart, right? Okay, you play dart, and dart is uh, one, of my, 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 one of my favorite sports, right? Besides running, is, is playing darts. I came to a point where I would, I would hit the red mark of, the, of, the, of that thing, and then I'll use another one. If I cannot see the red dot, I'd go on the other side so I can see the red spot. Then I would, if you cannot see it, you won't hit it. So I have to see the red spot. And from there, I can hit that red spot. There's a technique. It's not because I'm wise. There's a technique. But, but, that's, but when you miss the mark, I'm not saying that when, you know, when you miss the mark, it is, in, in our theology here, we call it sin. What is that mark? Romans chapter uh, uh, 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of what? That mark is the glory of God. And we fall short. We miss the mark. We're hitting everywhere except the glory of God. Except the word of God. God says do not eat it, but we miss it. Are you here with me? God says this and that, but we miss it. And we miss the, 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 the glory of God. We fall short. That's why all mankind, we see here the universality of sin. And because of that, we have become object of wrath. We become objects of wrath. Uh, Ephesians 2, 3, and we're by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of mankind. What a message that we have today, this Sunday. We talk about the ending of the sermon is just fallenness. But I want you to know that this fallenness would make us cry out for help. And we say, Lord, is this it? Is this what life is all about? You have created us for this? And mankind, Adam and Eve, messed up your purpose? Messed up your glory? No, not really. Because... The answer is about to come. Are you here with me? We're going to talk more about that the next few weeks. But I want you to know, we have become objects of wrath. In fact, this is a picture in Westminster Confession. And this is what it says. I don't know if it's on there, but it says, By this sin they fell from their original righteousness and communion with God, and so became dead in sin, and wholly defiled in all the parts and faculties of soul and body, 
they being the root of all mankind, the, the quilt of this sin was imputed. And the same death in sin and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them to ordinary generation. From this original corruption whereby are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good and wholly inclined to all evil, do precede all actual transgressions. I want you to look at Romans 6, 23, and this is what it says. For all, let's all read this together. Ready? Go. For the wages of sin is death. Pause for a while. That we have become an object of wrath. The wages of sin is that all of us have sinned. And the wages of it, death. But thanks be to God, it's not a period. It's a comma. Aren't you glad for commas? Thank you, Lord, for commas. It's not a period. It's a comma. And says, but the gift. Come on, let's read it together. Ready, go. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Can we just give the Lord a praise for that? And Give Him thanks. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It has been prophesied even in, Rome, in Genesis 3 verse 15 that it talks about the seed. And it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that in Christ we can have eternal life. We're going to magnify that even more as we move along. So therefore, we can participate. We can continue on. God's purpose for this earth because He sent His Son as a free gift for all mankind. Amen? So I say this as we end. Because of the gospel of Christ, the free gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Let's all read this together. Because of the gospel of Christ, God's purpose for this whole creation and our participation in it has not changed in the midst of evil. In this world. Thanks be to God. Amen. I want you to bow down your heads. Father God, thank you for this morning. For showing us what's in it. In the creation. That only God can create something out of nothing. Because Lord, He has a purpose. He is powerful. He is powerful and, and mighty. The almighty God and yet... He's personal. He made mankind. That's why we're here today. Oh, Father God, we're grateful for the creation that you have allowed us to participate. That we don't worship a tree. Instead, we maximize and use trees for the benefits of mankind. Whatever career we're in, whatever gift you have given us. Hey, Lord, it's designed for us to be a blessing to the rest of the world. We here in this congregation in Victory Ortigas, you're showing us this morning that whatever we can contribute is a sign of your glory and is designed for your goodness. Not to make a name for ourselves, but to make your name even greater for the glory of God, for the praise of the Lord, for your pleasure. We do all the things that we do for your pleasure for our praise to our God, our maker, and Lord God, and I know this is for the people of God.